The gaffer stood still on the touchline. The centre-backs are claiming offside. Three goals down to nil at half-time. And the striker sent another shot wide. Supporters only sing when they're winning. And boo us after every defeat. The chairman launders foreign dirty money. And no one's seen or heard of him for ten weeks. Getting sacked in the morning. You're getting sacked in the morning. You're defeated and you're playing at home. You're getting sacked in the morning. Getting sacked in the morning. You'll be gone without warning. All the best players have gone out on Hello to everybody and welcome to Sacked in the Morning, the football podcast that has a lot riding on it. No, shut up, man. I was just half. Every time. Every time. (sighs) The football podcast that has a lot riding on it. It is our predictions episode. We are now going to review our previous season's predictions, and see who owes who the big bucks. My name is Richard. I am your host. I am joined once again by my two guests, Tom and Phelan. Hello to you both. How are you, gentlemen? Good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Good, good to hear from you. So, I trust that uh, no one has been cheating. No one has gone back and listened and see who won. No one. I don't trust either of you, so... <laughs> I'm loving the fact that it's showing right now. Did listen a few months ago to check the Champions League predictions, but uh, I've listened since the season ended. So okay, so we haven't uh, outside we haven't of when we first, outside of when we first recorded it and it was uploaded. I have not listened to it. Yet. Okay, I want you to be pleasantly surprised when we did this. <laughs> I have a feeling, ladies and gentlemen, that they've gone spoilers, and I and 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 I, I hope they haven't. Well, how do we know you haven't gone spoilers, eh, Mister Mister Person over there? Well, I mean, yeah, technically, yes. Technically, I went feeling spoilers because I I, I had a feeling that I had a feeling that feeling <laughs> didn't write his down. Say, so say that three times. I say, say that three times. <laughs> <laughs> that was difficult. I was a bit like, whoa. <laughs> no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, I know how you've done. Yeah. But that means nothing if I know how, if I don't know how well Tom and myself have done. So, yeah. So hopefully we should be all right. Now, we should have a sealed envelope. Usually, I would have Tom's and Tom would have mine. And then Phelan's new. So we need to figure out a way to get him into it as well. But Phelan would need to post his to us. <laughs> like, and then um, I'm not sure why Someone me and Tom didn't swap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I so have a sealed it, envelope here. It's uh, your envelope, your prediction, right? This is my envelope with my predictions, right. yes. Right, good. They look mine in then. We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, this, this, <laughs> yeah, should, this should be this mine. Could be a really short round up of, this could be a really short round up otherwise. Yeah. We've got no predictions. I've got I got feelings, and that's it. <laughs> if you want to know who won, go back and listen to that episode. 
And if we're going by my World Cup predictions, this definitely won't take. This definitely wouldn't take very long. Because mm. yeah, like but I you'd win by hearts. you'd win by default though, because you're the only one with results. <laughs> yeah, but it, it matched to one result is still crashing and burning really hard. Default, the two greatest words in the English language. Right, are yeah. we ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So we are going to get started with the predictions. So last season, 2022-2023, right? That's the one. That's right. Yeah, that would okay. be the one, yes. You did have to think about that for a second. You I did. Like I was like, what, what year are we in? <laughs> <laughs> It has feels been a year like already. It has, yeah. yeah it really it has. Uh, right, so uh, it is a bit of a reduced one this time because I believe that whilst we were actually saying this, uh, we got rid of um, the manager to, to be fired first um, yeah. because there had we been so many nice. sackings by that point, yeah. Um, and we yeah. also got rid of the next manager to be fired because. As that was very, very close as well. That prediction does not count in this one. Along with the Ballon d'Or winner, we also said, because that had already been drawn by the time we made the yeah. predictions um, because of the World Cup. So we also said that that one didn't count as well, right? So those two are off of the list straight away. So we shall begin at the very, very tippy top. The top four. Champions first. Who did you have, Tom? Man City. Very good. Feeling. Who do you think you had? Man City. Very and good. Unanimous across the board. And I also people. had Man City. So each yeah, of us will get one point from there. So keep there track, yeah. gentlemen. All right. I really would have loved to have been wrong, though. On that one, yeah. I also think you know it would have taken some of the to the top city, and as much as Arsenal tried for the majority of the season, there if you came to four and they fell away. It's not experience enough in the start race at this point, my place. Was it statistically proven that it was the biggest bottle of uh, of the Premier League era? Yeah. I still debate it though. I still I debate it. it. I think but everyone knew us for the bottle it, so you know, you know it's going to happen. Is it that Is it that much I also think that it was a really bizarre season, obviously, because you had the World Cup in the middle that yeah, popped yeah, all the schedule yeah, up, and history, yeah. and I, I, I do. That's good. Yeah, I, I do kind of agree. I think the Liverpool bottle job was worse than the Arsenal bottle job. Yeah. Are we talking the you know, Gerard Slip bottle job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. okay. yeah. you know, really Arsenal good. being chased by City, who, as I think as we've discussed numerous times before, had the ability to just string 16 wins together. Liverpool were being chased by Mourinho's Chelsea, and they, you know, they had, they were in control, and then they just literally fell apart. They were 3-0 up against Crystal Palace, weren't they? And in you know three three, so I do do consider that a bigger bottle job. I I still personally don't think it's that big a deal. You know, I am a Spurs fan, 
and we finished third in a two horse race so can't really complain really so uh, i don't i don't really have a leg to stand on <laughs> so tom you are safe from mockery for me i will not mock you i think arsenal had a great season last season and do I. I don't think they have anything to be ashamed about personally no Okay. Uh, right. Continuing the top four, um, you will get a point for each team that you have that finished inside the top four. Um, it doesn't matter where they finished. So the real top four were Man City, Arsenal, Manchester United and Newcastle. I have one point from that top four, <laughs> not including Man City, because Man City, obviously, we already get the point for. Anyway, I had Arsenal finishing in fourth. My second team was Spurs. My third team was yeah. Liverpool. Can we just skip my top four? Because I don't think I've got any of them. Well, we're going to go to Tom first, because no one wants to hear my voice again. So we'll go to Tom. Well, that's again. exactly the same top four I had. Um, I had Spurs finish second. <laughs> what, yeah. was I what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Liverpool third and Arsenal fourth. That so, is. Uh, yeah, so I have the one point for Arsenal, and then. However, I it. would like to say, I would like to say that on my prediction show, I, I, I specifically remember laughing at saying Tottenham are going to finish second, because by the time we'd done that show we'd already started to drop off. We were still in the top four, yeah. but we'd started... And, the, and I remember saying, if I could replace anyone, I would replace Tottenham with Newcastle. I Well, I didn't predict it at the beginning of the season because who would have said Newcastle would finish in the top four? This season, I probably would have said, yeah, Newcastle will probably finish in like the top five or four this season. But last season, no, that was their... That was their, we've just got our money, let's go sign Joe. Um, season wasn't it? You know, yeah, we were all expecting them to kind of struggle in that first full season with the with the extra money to balance FFP and you know just try and put a team together that would finish mid table and continue that progression up the league. Not exactly yeah. crush the top four by putting six past first. Exceeded expectations for sure. Yeah, oh, massively. I I I, I kind of hope they carry on next season. You know, but. But then you also think, well, that's another team that's going to buy their position in the league, basically, isn't it? You know, they're so that's another that's one more Champions League position that's out of it, pretty much for everyone, you know. And then, well, isn't this the last season of the old format anyway? Because the new format is depending on your coefficient rating, you'll get an extra, you potentially get an extra Champions League place for the league. Depending on where the team with the highest coefficient outside of the top four finishes, is this is their this is their desire to basically make sure that every team with brand recognition gets in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. so but it does Champions mean it, it does. Yeah, but it does generally mean now there'll be five English teams, potentially five English teams in the Champions League, depending on who finishes where with the European Champions finishes. League. Can we start putting it in air quotes, please? I'd appreciate it. I'm, I'm just going to start calling it the European Cup. Yeah. European Cup, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the money League. ball. The money ball trophy. Right. Well, feeling. 
you. I'm fairly certain I had a top four from the previous season, which would have been Liverpool, Spurs and Chelsea. You are correct. You had Chelsea in second place, Liverpool in third, Spurs in fourth. You pick up one point from the top four. But... Yeah, it was tragic. It's not that bad. We only picked up two points. So we didn't do great either in the top four. So, you know. Four is now, isn't it? Only one team from... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's, I mean, at the very, very start of the season, even before we did our predictions, no one would have put Arsenal in the top four. Oh, I guarantee. No, you. and nobody would have. And, nobody, and, and a lot, lot of people who have predicted Chelsea to just fall off the edge of an actual proverbial cliff after spending six hundred million. Yeah, but I mean, there's there is no way that. Anyone, I, I think, would have picked Arsenal, Man United, and Newcastle to finish in the top no. four. No, no, really. no, I thought Man United were the weaker of the big six going into the, yeah. the season. Yeah, the start of the season they were, and so Chelsea fell off a cliff, and then Spurs yeah. fell off a cliff. And Liverpool just decided to they wanted to wait till April to start playing football. Yeah, yeah. Very bizarre season, all in all, in the top four, wasn't it? But the world, the, the, we did say, you know, the World Cup is going to throw a lot of crazy with the way the World Cup being condensed season it was always going to throw some crazy stories out, and you know, the top four was definitely proof of that. All right, any anything else you guys want to talk about the top four? Anything specific you want to mention, or should we move on? Um, do you think you know? Do you think like United and well? Newcastle, they did really kind of profit on what happened with Liverpool and Chelsea. But do mm-hmm. you think Chelsea can, well, get out of the bottom 10 this season with the way that they're again doing their transfer business? I think they're really right. I think they'll stay all this season. You think so then last season, right? I um, think they're going to finish in the top four. Well, that's no European football next season, right? So they concentrate yeah. on the league. That's yeah. their objective season. That's their focus. But I think, I think they've had 10 players go out and they've bought 18, so they still haven't tri- uh, trimmed their squad. I I still think they're going to be the main title challenger. I, I don't really? think they're going to get... I don't think they're... No, no, no. I They're not going to get close yeah. to it. They're not going to get close to it, but they'll be their only team challenging, I think. I don't think Liverpool are going to get there. Arsenal... I don't think are going to be able to do the same thing again. I think that they might get in the top four again, but I don't think it's going to be as good because I think they caught everyone off guard last season. Um, I think this season it'll be a lot, it'll be a much harder ask for them, I think. Um, And yeah, I think that Pochettino has a very good reputation in this country for being able to get very good performances out of players, I think that will serve him well at a Chelsea team where they probably looked at Graham Potter and thought, who are you? you, Oh, you're the cleaner, right? You're coming in to clean the the dressing room, right? Yeah. I think he'll be able to get a little bit more respect out of the team. 
So damning you died in a growing pot, I would like to lie there. <laughs> but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is... is no, that I, I know 100% what you're saying. The, the players like, have got to respect you as a manager and, and what you might be able to do, and there wasn't that there. It was just like, you're the guy that comes from Brighton, who, has, who just finished 10th in the league. You've got no yeah. pedigree, no experience. It's like, you did, you did all right. Yeah, you did all right at Brighton, but that's Brighton, you know. Whereas Pochettino got Tottenham to a Champions League final. And I yeah. think that a lot of players at Chelsea will have a lot more respect for that. Plus, he's worked with Messi and Neymar, you know, and the the other one who's at PSG. Uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, that's the guy, yeah. That 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 guy who, who laughed at joining Tottenham. The bastard. <laughs> no, I, I I thought that was a joke when I read that. I was like, please, come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> he is far more likely to go to Saudi Arabia than Tottenham. Come on, but um, yeah. but yeah, my point is is that he'll have a lot more respect at Chelsea, and I think that he'll be able to get his message across better than Potter probably could. It's, and also, it's a lot less. Potter is quite complex as a coach in terms of, you know, what he wants the players to do. And he never settled on a system. He didn't settle on a, a way of playing. They kept alternating between three at the back, four at the back, five in midfield, four in midfield. Uh, whereas Potter knows exactly how he wants to play, how he, what he wants them to do, when he wants them to do it. So it's obviously a lot easier for these guys to buy into. Yeah. I mean, you say that now, but we'll have to see when the season starts, won't we? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, know. And I'm a problem with Potter as Sorry, the problem with Potter is the smallest, too massive. Yeah. But Potter's got the same problem. True. Yeah, he used to find the best 11 as well. Let's move on to the relegation zone, shall we? What? Now, the actual teams that got relegated, you will all remember, are Man City, Arsenal... Oh, no, sorry, wrong one. Uh, <laughs> Leicester, <laughs> Leeds... And Southampton. Feeling. Care to take it? All of us predicted Leicester, yeah. Uh, Care to take a punt at your three, Feeling? I think I had Everton. I think I had Everton, Leeds, and maybe Fulham. I can't remember. You're wrong. You had Nottingham Forest. Oh, yeah. You did days. guess. You did guess Fulham. Yeah, they obviously didn't go down, and you did guess Everton, but obviously didn't go down. So you have nil yeah. point no for point. your relegation. I'll you, I'll you my, I told you this prediction tomorrow. <laughs> Tom. Yes. What are we looking at? I also had Forest. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they did well to stay up. Give them credit. I yeah, had I had uh, Bournemouth, who also looked certain teams for relegation. I think they hammered nine 0 by Liverpool, but turned it around really well. I think Gary no- Gary O'Neill has a, an argument for being the best manager of last season. And hey, I thought he was really hard to treat. He's going to be sacked. Yeah, absolutely shocking me. Yeah, you get the old shit about can still can you, Bob? Move on with this yeah, I, I know, but that was shocking. I, I kind law. of disagree with both of you. 
I don't think he was that good. And I kind of think he deserved to be fired. Okay. I I have the I kind of feel like he kind of scraped it. Um, well, they were safe quite a few games before the end. Yeah, yeah but it just time. kind of felt like it wasn't because they were any good. It's because everyone else below them was worse. Yeah. Every time I, I watched Bournemouth, it felt like. Jesus, you were lucky to get a result there. It never I felt like they, they were ever in control of any match that I saw them play, and it was just like, how the hell did you get out of that one? Considering what you inherited after, you know, Scott Parker committed career suicide and yeah, they'd been absolutely ripped apart by Liverpool. I think he did a pretty I think he did a good job to keep them up. Um, but I just think it was harsh. You know, yeah. they they gave it, they gave him the contract. They never looked in danger, really, of going down, even when it was, like, four points between the bottom and kind of 17th, 16th, 17th. I always just thought they just keep, they just kept picking up points. Could be a sense that, you know, they were the, literally the best of the worst, but I never really, I never really felt like they were in jeopardy. Not 100%. When you looked at that bottom six in kind of April, they weren't the team that I thought was going to go down. I mean, it backs it up. He didn't pick them, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so who's yeah, your so third? Nobody uh, I pick, no, but nobody I pick got relegated, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I had Forrest and Bournemouth, so that's no points. But I did have Southampton. So give yourself a point there. Uh, okay, so on Oi. to me. My bottom three. I completely agree, uh, disagree with Phelan. I had Bournemouth, rock bottom of the league. Uh, I expected them to go down in a whimper, but, you know, I was wrong there, fair enough, but I still don't think they're a particularly great team. Uh, Nottingham Forest, because, you know, historically, any team that signs more than 16 players is going down, <laughs> you know. Like, let actually, alone, how many players did they actually sign by the end of the season? 25. Like nearly 30 minutes, yeah, it was I'm fairly certain it was more than the 24 man squad limit. Yeah, I mean, yeah it was because they had players that they signed in uh, the summer that they couldn't then re-register in January. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it works. But how many of those signings would you say paid off? Maybe five or six of them, if that. Well, look, look, look the question you have to ask is who's still there. So Lingard's gone. Yeah. Oh, Lingo was a disaster. Might, but, but he was the most high profile, one of the most high profile of that bunch, wasn't he? He's, in he's the summer. And my final choice gives me one point. It is Leeds United. Yeah. Leeds as well, yeah. Yeah. So I have a single point from my relegation picks. Uh, so, yeah. At the moment. It's a feeling on one point. This is, looking, this is looking like the World Cup predictions all over again. Me on three points. And Tom, how many are you on? Three as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So three, three, one. Still all to play for, feeling. Still all to play for. So 
from the teams that have left the Premier League. Bye-bye. We turn to the teams that will be joining us next Oh, I'll be surprised if any of those got this time. So, the actual teams that came up last season are... Oh, I've got a shocker. Oh, I've got a shocker in mind. Oh, Dude, yeah. Don't worry, so have I, mate. Burnley, <laughs> Sheffield United, and Luton. Feeling? Oh, God, wait. <laughs> What's your what what's what what do you think you put? Well I know I'm fairly certain I put QPR, which turns into just like just a just a no. <laughs> I you are, you are correct. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember the others. I just know I had QPR in there and they were even lucky to stay in the league by the end of that by the end of the season. So um it's not doing my reputation picks any good this, is it? No. <laughs> well, you say that. Your other two teams are Burnley and Sheffield United. So you have two out of three for promoted teams. So not bad in the long run. Not bad at all. Tom. Yeah. What are we looking at? Uh, also Burnley and Sheffield United. Well done. But my third, my third team was Norwich. Okay. So Not you're two disastrous. out of three as well. Not as disastrous, no. But I'm about to give you a run for your money, feeling. Because my teams are Burnley. So I give I would give myself a point for that. Norwich and Watford. Who also had a pretty bad season last season. <laughs> Because I, you know, I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, Norwich always win the league when they, you know, Timu Piki scores nine hundred goals and then can't score in the Premier League. Um, Watford or Watford, they they always come back. They're the biggest yo-yo team in history, I swear to God. And Burnley were a pretty safe bet as well, I thought at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Watford turned out to be my bogey team. Probably not as big a bogey team as QPR, but you know, <laughs> but not That's great. So I actually did the worst out of the promoted teams, which is one I always do because I'm always the worst out of the promoted teams. That's usually because I try and pick a dark horse, you know, like Charlton or someone like that, you know. Uh, Cardiff, yeah. I usually try and pick a dark horse and it goes wrong. But last year I thought, no, I'm going to play it safe. And it still went wrong. So, I don't know. <laughs> Do bloody doing. So, but yeah, you two got two out of three. I got one out of three. So, yeah. Let's um let's talk about Luton. Bit of a bit of a shock and a surprise. I don't think many yeah. people would have thought last, that. You think for the last two seasons we've had Forest up in the playoffs, which nobody picked, which nobody would have picked, and now we've had Luton up in the playoffs, which absolutely nobody saw coming. Yeah, so it show why the playoffs, as much as people aren't keen on them, it does throw an interesting story in there towards the, at the end of the season, which is what yeah. that's the magic of the playoffs. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think it's what makes the championship such an interesting watch compared oh. to a lot of the uh, top leagues in the rest of, in Europe. Because it is so unpredictable. You know, your, your picks, my, my pick, you know, you're saying you don't, you never generally do well out of promoted teams. It's so hard to call. 
It really is. Tom seems to always do all right. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'd say about Luton is they didn't get in the playoffs the year before. But I don't think anyone expected them to do as well this season and actually get go up. Um, they had also had Nathan Jones in charge at the start of the season. Yeah. Bet he wished well. he stayed there now, well, didn't he? Yeah, but did you notice know, that all of the Luton players, after they actually got promoted, nobody said anything about the work Nathan Jones did at the start. It was all about what the new manager did after coming in, how he changed how they played and made them better. Not a single person said anything about the start they had with Nathan well, Jones. You've got to ingratiate yourself with the with the new man, right? You know, you're you you want to play in the Premier League, but you know? Yeah, he's the greatest manager I've ever worked with. But normally when somebody comes in and carries on the work that somebody else has done, which was good work, it's normally acknowledged somewhere along the line, but it was just not acknowledged by anybody. How do we think they're going to do? Poorly. That could be a surprise package, I guess. Yeah, I... It's... This sounds like the most stupid thing to say in the history of the world, because, yeah, duh, of course it will, Richard. Idiot. But... It it it's fifty fifty, I think. Like, and I know that that sounds really stupid because it is. Because yeah, it's either gonna go one way or the other. Of course it is, Richard. But it's either gonna be a sweet dream or a beautiful nightmare. And uh, in the first one, they they need a hot start. They need to capitalize on the momentum of going up in that first kind of month. I think the, the stadium will help as well because yeah. I know a lot of people but are making a big deal about the stadium. Until the middle of September. But it's not that many games that they have to play away from it. It's only like what four, four, four games, four or five games yeah. they're playing away. So yeah. as long as they don't get rolled over in those first five games. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It, it's how they capitalise on those first five games being away from home. If they if they get rolled by every team, that that's a problem. Because I don't care how good your you are at home is and how intimidating your stadium is and how much that really helps you. If you're being rolled for your first five games, you are damned at that point. You can't you can't come back yeah. from that. Well Especially just for the like you, you get you get left behind quickly. It's not just that. It's just the, the mentality side of things as well, isn't it? Everyone yeah. will start going, wow, this league is way harder than I thought we're not going to be able to do it. And then they'll never believe yeah. it. If you've, seen a, if you've ever watched a documentary about the Derby County team that was the, the worst team in Premier League history, uh, it's the, it was the same thing. They, they, you know, they got rolled in their first few games and it was just like, everyone was just like, no, this is a lot harder than we were expecting. And I, Luton haven't really added to their team in the summer. I mean, I don't necessarily I, think I, I, that that's a bad I, thing. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Sometimes I think too many teams come up, a la Nottingham Forest, all right, it worked for them last season, but so many teams come up and they sign tons and tons and tons of players because they think, well, we need to sign. And it's like, well, most of the players that you're signing just went down. Like, why do you want to sign them again? Why would you want to do that? So I, sometimes I think kind of like uh blackpool did um just uh, or um hull when they first came up just stick with the team you got and just go at it you know i mean you, you never know i i don't necessarily see not signing players as a bad thing i, I think that maybe one or two might help but just for squad depth more than anything but and that's that's the bit that i'd be concerned about is that 
it does got that. Because I mean, like yeah, most teams but... in the championship, they do rely on a lot of lone players yeah. to fill, fill gaps in, in squads and they haven't really, I don't think, I think they've only made, I think they've made two. They probably need another two signings to just fill the depth in their squad. But I, I'm, I, I'm concerned that they could be, they could end up with a, with a lower points hold than Derby County. I really do. I am oh, very I, concerned. I do not see that happening, no, but. If they if they if they don't start if they don't start off well and they get rolled in their first five games before they get to their home stadium, I genuinely fear that they're not going to pick up a lot of points. Who are their first five games, Tom? Uh, their opening uh, games Brighton away. Their opening man, games Brighton Tom, away. Man, come on, you you. I need to change your I, name I, I, in the I, description. It's not no no. You, this is your job, man. I've really put a lot of thought into that, Luke. If I'm being honest. Um, feeling you said they're Brighton first. Yeah, hang on. So their first, their first five games are Brighton, Burnley, Chelsea, West Ham, Fulham. Easy games. Burnley Toughest Fulham. game there is probably Brighton. <laughs> so they're, they're and that's what I mean. If they get rolled in those first five games and don't pick up points in in that run, then it becomes very difficult for them. Yeah, I guess, but because there are games there which you could say they could pick up points. You know, they put their play Burnley. They right. and they've got Burnley in there. They've got Fulham in there. Um, West Ham, who obviously still reeling after losing um, by Wolves and Everton, kind of round out September. So there are games in there that they should they should be able to pick up points for. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't see anyone in them besides you. You probably say Chelsea. That would be the only team in there that you could see them like rolling them eight, nine, something. That's what like I mean. That. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think that there's anyone in there that would be of any particular threat. So I don't see them getting rolled in those games. But I see what you're saying that if they do, then they're gonna be boned. Yeah. And that would be my concern. All right, then. Right. We turn our attention back to the Premier League for one final time. Uh, on this one, please, uh, gentlemen. Um, well, actually, technically two. But we can roll them all up in one because I'm pretty sure we all had the same answer for for one of them anyway. So it's fine. Uh, golden boot and we might as well roll the PFA player in that as well because we all everyone said Haaland um, yeah because that's the only spoiler I had because the the, the section or, that we discussed it on the podcast was so small I basically said does anyone have anyone <laughs> other than Haaland and everyone went no so it was like okay yeah. so we all said Haaland so it we all have a point the, for that uh, anyway it was probably the uh, only section that was the easiest one to sort out because it wasn't going to be anybody else in Chelsea. Yeah. Although props to Harry Kane for scoring 30 goals in, in the season when it was, um, you know, in, a, in his first team that didn't go out and score a lot of goals. So, yeah. Yeah. So I that. And then who was your most, who, which player were you the most disappointed in last season? 
well, one of them will fit into my golf squirrel predictions. So I'll leave that one. Uh, I think I'm probably going to agree with him. I have a feeling I know who it's going to be. Uh, so I'm probably going to wait and hold back on that yeah, one as okay. well. Fine. We're all across the line. Okay, yeah, I yeah. think we're all on the same page here. <laughs> so then, gentlemen, Golden Boot top goal scorer. So uh, let's start with me this time. So uh, the real top goal scorers were Haaland, Kane, Tony, Salah, and Callum Wilson. So those were the actual top goal scorers in the Premier League. It's also, I would just quickly like to point out, three English players. Yeah. Nice to see. Nice to see. I'm happy about that. Um, but obviously the top goal scorer was Haaland. Uh, you will get a point for each one that you have. So I have Kane, Haaland, Son, who actually came better. He came good towards the end of the season. Wasn't top goal, wasn't in the top goal score at top five. But he was in the top 10. So he came good at the end of the season. Didn't have the same result that he did last season, obviously. But came good. Uh, Jesus, it was the other one. Uh, obviously, he had a lot of time out, though, which didn't help, did it? Yeah. Um, and Salah, I had in there as well. So I have three out of five for that one. Uh, the player that I think we're going to talk about, I didn't have in there. I could have sworn I had him in my top goal scorers, but apparently I didn't. But I think we're going to let Tom kick this off because he seemed to bring this person up first. So, Tom, who did you have in your you top goal scorers list? Uh, okay, so I had, uh, well, I had Harland, Kane, Salah. They're all top five, right? Yep, they're all in there. So that's three points you got, yep. Alan Kane, Salah. I also had Gabby uh, Jesus. No, okay. started well, but injured, didn't he? So, yeah. Um, but he did play well when he came back. So that's yeah. That's I, I still think he slotted back well into the team, didn't he? he? Just he just didn't really get the run at it that he probably no. should have. But but next season, you never know. Yeah, I hope so. He needs to score more goals and a chance for a title again. So. I think as long as and, the goals uh, come from somewhere, it's not that big a deal, is it? But the last one is uh, Chelsea's marquee signing from last summer, Raheem Sterling. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really surprised I didn't have him in my golden boot. I'm sure I remember speaking about him, thinking that's a really I, good I signing for Chelsea. I think you did, but you went backwards and forwards on whether you were going to include him or not. Did he score any goals in the Premier League? I'm sure he might have got one or two, right? So we, we will talk about this in just a moment. We're going to touch upon this in just a moment a little bit more. But but continue your thought process for now. But we will speak about this again. Don't you worry. So my, my, <laughs> my, 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 my thought process behind this prediction. Yeah. Uh, so he was the big marquee signing from last summer, right? He was going to be the guy who was going to play up front. Mm-hmm. And they were trusting him to score the goals. That was what it looked like yeah. at the start of the season. And then it quickly became clear very early on that that wasn't going to happen. Really early. And then they panicked and went, <laughs> oh, oh, crap, crap, crap. And they went out and got uh, a Bama Yang. <laughs> did that. And the manager four days later. And then, yeah, fired the manager to Broy. <laughs> The manager who's played yep. for him before, uh, you know, played for this manager before, 
He'll get the best out of Aubameyang. No, get a second. Yeah. William. And then, did he really do much the rest of the season, Aubameyang? Nah. I don't remember seeing him play did after he that. Did he <laughs> want to do anything, really, for the rest of the season? I think he was just happy to pick up the paycheck, basically, wasn't he? I think that's what he yeah. was just like. But yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Sterling was a <laughs> massive disappointment. I genuinely thought that's a really good signing for Chelsea. I thought that's a yeah, good same. move. It fits into their team really well. He is capable of scoring. He's great when he plays for England, but obviously at City, he always had someone else in that role. So I thought, yeah. now he's at Chelsea, he might actually be able to get 20 goals step a season. Step out of the shadow and actually, that's what I mean, step out of the shadow and really impose himself and show the player that he, we all think he could have been. Or could yeah. be. And it just went wrong. Really totally. wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that Pochettino got the best out of him next season. Though. But I don't think Pochettino is going to play him through the middle, though, is he? He's just going to be a winger um, again. He's going to play him, he's going to play him wide. I'm not the best. I mean, I personally think that's probably his best position anyway because he's got the pace and the skill to do something from that position. But I think that he thought, now's my time to shine. I'm at a decent team. That that number nine. Yeah. Carry the load, be that number nine, show everybody that I can do it and that City were wrong to let me go. And, no. Yeah. Looks like they got rid of him just at the right time, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it literally looks like best piece of transfer business if City outside of signing Harlem City probably did last season yeah but to continue this thought a little bit Phelan you also have Harlem Kane Salah so you have three as well Uh, you also picked uh, Gabby Jesus as well however there is a little surprise a little twist yeah in the t- in the tail here, your fifth pick is Isaac from Newcastle. Yep. However, there was a bet placed on the line <laughs> in this t- conversation. Tom bet ten pound that Raheem <laughs> Sterling would score more goals than Alexander Isaac this season. Did I? You no, did. did you must did. Have you could go back and listen. I listened to it <laughs> twice to double check. <laughs> Alexander Isak finished the season with 10 Premier League goals. Pretty decent return, actually, when we were both mocking and laughing at you. Considering Rahim... he spent a bit of time in Judas, as in, I would like yeah. to point out, he spent, there was spent time on the sidelines, and, you know, I know Callum Wilson did get into the top five of Premier League scorers, but I will I will die on my sword. I still think if he'd have been fit for the season, he's that would have done that. I am I am totally winding my neck in, mate, and I am I am saying you were right. I was totally wrong. He looks the business in that Newcastle team. And I think had he been fit the whole season, then he could have quite easily got into this top five, I would agree. He was not far away from it. I so so yeah. Raheem Sterling, on the other hand, <laughs> scored six Premier League goals this season. That made it. Wow, that's, that, 
But Tom, you owe Phelan ten pounds. Fantastic. How do you want that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was a little there was a little in there. Yeah, that uh that you can go back and listen to. It's in it's in it's in the podcast. You can go back and listen to it. Yeah, you you owe Phelan ten pounds. I, I was smart enough to deride Phelan for that choice, but not put my money on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he's actually pretty good in the um, after World Cup probably. Pretty decent. So um, technically, that could be a surprise player of the season, I would say potentially. If he had, I think if he hadn't, if he hadn't spent some time injured and he missed quite a bit of time in the middle of the season, I, I would have said so. Yeah, but ten ten goals is pretty is a really good return. It's a good return for a Premier League striker. I, I mean, or or. or is it these days? I don't know. Maybe maybe we're still thinking 90s, 2000s where, you know... It depends on, yeah. you know, if you look at how many games he played compared to how many goals he scored, then yeah, I think it looks pretty good with That is us done with the Premier League. We have uh, wrapped up the PFA and the top goal scorer pretty much in the same time so what's the points tally so far i'm not gonna lie so right now i have one two three four five six seven eight feeling has one two three four five six seven moment seven tom how many do you have i'm assuming you have eight or nine i must just be counting this uh uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Does Harlan count in PFA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nine then. Okay, yeah, I thought so. So, nine, eight, seven. Pretty close. <laughs> and I think this is where Phelan is going to come into his own because we are going to talk about the cups now uh yeah so feeling uh, might start to yeah. rake a little back in we will start with the first trophy of the season the league cup as we all know it was won by manchester city no wait oh what what's this oh they didn't win the quadruple man united won the league cup who gets a point for that richard gets a point for that so boom Point for me. Feeling you do not get a point because you said Man City would do the quadruple. So you are wrong on that instance. Tom, the wild card. Who did you say again? I'll show you in a second. Can you see that? <laughs> Man City. Okay. He crossed out United. He crossed out United. <laughs> he did, yeah. I he flipped and flopped on it, right? That's got a sting, right? It does sting, yes. Ouch. That was my original prediction. Well, into well, at least you can't accuse Tom of cheating if he crossed out the actual win. Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. He could have crossed out the city and just not put that bit on the page, just been like, yeah, look, it's... Like... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. ooh. Ooh, that's got to hurt. Yeah, a little bit. 
But yeah, like I said before, I'm pretty happy they didn't do the quadruple. Uh, so, thanks, Southampton. Pretty, I, I, but yeah, thank you, Southampton, once again. Your contributions to football will never be forgotten. Um, so now they're they're famous for uh, the grey kit and stopping City winning that winning the quadruple. That's their that's their achievements in football, right? Yeah, if you, if you like. Yeah, that, that Southampton's playing to play now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move I on to the other cup. By George Ware's cousin. Yeah, oh yeah, George Ware's cousin. I forgot about that. Brilliant. Classic movies. <laughs> um, FA Cup uh, was won by Manchester City. Who did we all have? Tom. Chelsea. Chelsea. I didn't do too much better. I had Arsenal. So, not too great by me. Feeling, you did say Man City won the FA Cup. So, it's now 998 going into the final. Selection. I hope you worked out a tiebreaker for this. Yeah. Because we are Because as we go into the final selection, it is of course the Champions League winners. Tom, who did you have? <laughs> I had uh, a Bayern Munich. So Tom, you finish on nine points. Richard. Who did you have? I had Real Madrid. Richard, you finish on nine points. Feeling. Who did you say it was? I had Man City. Yeah, and why? you finish on nine <laughs> points. <laughs> Can if you only there was something else believe it? <laughs> if only. If only, huh? Danny came in just... Doing the predictions of us. Danny came in just a touch too late, unfortunately. So, so yeah. There are your predictions. We all finish on nine points. However, one of us does owe someone some money. So, at least one person lost, at least. Yeah. (laughs) And one person won. So, yeah, well done. Well done, everyone. Congratulations to us all. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. And a three-way tie. Well, it's never happened between me and Tom. We have never, ever been equal on points. And for the first time for it to ever happen, for all three of us (laughs) to end on that, is incredible. And feeling you were two points behind at one point. That's amazing. That is absolutely incredible. I'm 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 thrilled to pieces with that. That could not have gone any better. Now, had we had the uh the sackings and the Ballon d'Or, I would have finished on nine points. Tom, I think you would have finished on ten, and Phelan would have finished on ten. 
So it yeah, would have been a draw between. They both yeah. had Benzema, yeah. So you two yeah. would have still drawn anyway. So it would have ended in a draw, no matter what had happened. But for all three of us to finish on nine, I'm I'm chuffed to bits with that. I'm I'm really happy with that one. I love that. Right, I'm going to move us on to the Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame trademark. The most prestigious Hall of Fame You did not, in you did all not just trademark us. I trademarked it like five weeks ago, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Probably not. Man City recently completed the treble. Uh, no. Quite, quite a, quite a big achievement in 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 English footballing terms. There's a, there's, there's only been uh, one other team that has completed the treble, <coughs> not counting Liverpool, um, that has done that in history, and uh, that was uh, and the other Manchester team. Um, I don't know if you guys knew that or not. So, this week's Hall of Fame is a treble special. And said topic for this treble is missing puzzle pieces. Uh, so, okay, you got me intrigued. You will soon find. Uh, so, gentlemen, my head. your first choice, week. your first choice is Erling Brut Haaland. Uh. Now. I don't like doing players that are currently still playing, but don't worry. We'll get to that. Don't worry. Was born on the 21st of July in the year 2000 in Leeds, UK. Alongside football, he also took part in many other sporting activities and achieved a world record in his age group for the standing long jump, which I think is quite impressive. That's right. Um, yeah, he's tall, so, you know, it probably oh, helps. <laughs> but then, I think he did it at under nine, so, you know, <clears throat> maybe could have been an Olympian, I don't know. I said the way the way that he's, he's obviously pretty quick, so there's a lot of power and there's a lot of uh, lower body strength, so that probably helps. The way he runs is very weird, I've noticed. He runs very oddly. But anyway... Uh, his youth career started at the age of five, playing for the Academy of uh, Brynn in Norway. At the age of 15, he was given his professional debut, and a year later, he would be signed by Mulde manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, scoring four goals. Solskjaer, scoring four goals in 20 appearances. Quite strange that he was signed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. A previous treble winning player also. True. Uh, he would then move to Austrian side RB Salzburg where he would make a name for himself in Europe. Sorry, my, my, my paperwork is all over the place sometimes. It's, uh, it's... Oh, stop. <laughs> the, the literally long pause of turning the page. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's because I had to turn the page and then turn it round as well. It's like, oh, what? It's like, I wrote upside down on this page. That's helpful. <laughs> uh, he would make a name for himself in Europe. 
Coming to the attention of Borussia Dortmund, who were looking for a replacement for the departing Robert Lewandowski. He would make his debut as a substitute and score a hat-trick within 23 minutes of his debut on the 18th of January 2020, away at FC Augsburg. So he came off the bench on his debut and scored a hat-trick in 23 minutes. That's... On the 10th of May 2022, Erling Haaland agreed terms with one of his father's previous clubs, Manchester City, and in his debut season would score 52 goals in 53 appearances, winning the Premier League, the FA Cup and helping his side win their first ever Champions League trophy. He has played... 253 games, scoring 207 goals at club level and 24 goals in 25 games for Norway. He has won two league titles, four domestic cups, one Champions League, one European Golden Shoe, Austrian Footballer of the Year, Under-20 World Cup Golden Boot, Premier League Golden Boot, uh, German Player and Young Player of the Year Award, uh, Football Writers Award, Norwegian Sportsman of the Year, and nine separate Team of the Year inclusions. Or will it be Dwight Eversley York, who was born on the who was born on the third of November, nineteen seventy-one, in Trinidad and Tobago, and just a little little tidbit I wanted to put in here just to it might sway some opinions is a Tottenham Hotspur fan <laughs> it's important information damn it who cares <laughs> the literal look of roll your eyes just got from Tom there like oh useless information no, it's 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 vital facts, my friend. You know, it, this this could this could sway the the decision. <laughs> uh, York was spotted by Aston Villa manager Graham Taylor and Watford legend, uh, playing for the opposing team in a tour of the West Indies in 1989, aged 17, making his pro debut the following year, playing as a right winger until the 95-96 season where after being moved to a centre-forward role, he would help lead Villa to a League Cup success. In August 1998, after much controversy, York would finally complete a £12.6 million move to Manchester United. He would finish his first season with 23 goals, a Premier League trophy, an FA Cup trophy and a Champions League winner's medal the first Champions League victory of Sir Alex Ferguson's career at Manchester United and the first British team to complete the treble, <coughs> not counting Liverpool's treble. Uh, they actually did it twice as well. They did it in 1984, but no one ever talks about that. He would go on to play two more seasons for United before moving on to Blackburn Rovers and would finish his career in 2009 at Sunderland. York would play at one World Cup with Trinidad and Tobago, playing every minute of the 2006 World Cup, playing in a defensive midfield role, showing his versatility, moving from right wing to centre forward 
to defensive midfield, being named man of the match in the game against Sweden. He played 615 games, scoring 198 goals, with 72 caps and 19 goals for Trinidad and Tobago. He won five league titles, two domestic cups, one Champions League, one Intercontinental Cup, one Caribbean Cup, one Premier League Golden Boot, one Premier League Player of the Season, one Team of the Year, one Hall of Fame entry, and a Choconia Medal of Trinidad and Tobago, which is the highest honour that a Trinidadian and Tobagan can be given, apparently. Or... Will it be your wild card entry? Who I would like to say, if you choose the wild card, both Dwight York and Erling Haaland will be eligible to be up for entry to the Hall of Fame again. Because like I said, I don't like choosing players that still play. So I wanted to give you a wild card because in that Manchester United team, there was also possibly another missing puzzle piece which could have been more important. Jakob Yap Stam was born 17th of July 1972 in Kampen, Netherlands. He started his youth career at Dutch side DOS Kampen and made his pro debut in 1992. He would play for several sides from 92 to 96, but it was at PSV Eindhoven where Yap would distinguish himself, winning the Eredivisie and the Johan Cruyff Shield. The following year, in 1998, Stan would become the most expensive defender in history when Manchester United would pay £10.6 million for his services. In his first season, he would win much acclaim as well as the aforementioned treble, playing an integral part in all competitions. In 2001, Stan was controversially sold to Lazio in a decision that Alex Ferguson would claim was his biggest mistake in football. In 2005, he would reach his second Champions League final but would lose on penalties to Liverpool after a 3-3 draw. He would play his final game in October 2007 in a 0-0 draw against NEC back in the Netherlands with Ajax. He played 553 club, game, club games, scoring 26 goals and 3 goals in 67 international appearances. He won 4 league titles, 9 domestic cups, 1 Champions League, one Intercontinental Cup, two Player of the Year awards, twice named Best Defender in the World, six Team of the Year inclusions, and one World Eleven nomination. Because who says a missing puzzle piece can't be a defender? Van Dyke. He's not on the list yet. He didn't win the trial. I know, but he wasn't missing past the place of Liverpool, right? Exactly, yeah. Or it could have been Edison. Oh, well, Alison. Alison, sorry. Alison. Edison's the other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's wrong, wrong club. <laughs> wrong club. Right right country, wrong club. Is there all prisoners? Yeah. Also. 
<laughs> so yeah. Well, I think integral to success as well. I would agree, but I still think that they could probably win a title without him. He just he's he's a I mean they did with Hart, didn't they? So you know. Yeah. It's just I think he's more solid. More underrated, really. Yeah. It's a bit harsh that he's not Brazil's number one. I I I'd, I'd agree. He's <laughs> more successful than the wrong generation. Season. So yeah, gentlemen, discuss, ask questions. What do you want to know? Let's make a decision. Uh, you, you want to speak first, Dylan, or do you want me to? You can go first. I'm going to debate this in my head for a minute. Uh, okay. So. Well, it was just two. It was quite easy. When it was, you added the wild card. Okay, all right. Let me ask you then. Who are you picking? Thailand, clearly. Mm -hmm. right, he's the best player at three, in my opinion, clearly. And that's not just recency bias. I don't think. No, I, I'd, I'd say that you wouldn't suffer from recency bias. I think, if anything, all three of us suffer from nostalgia bias. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we are probably going to be accused of that more than uh, yeah. recency bias than anything else. Well, we hotly debated that when we were actually saying which team was better, weren't we, City or yeah. uh, United? We went back and forth on that quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I am going to be accused of... Um, Nostalgia bias would probably pick Yaps down, to be fair. When a manager sells a player as in who then looks back at him and says it's his biggest regret in football, it tells you what that player meant to that team. And defence, to me, if you've got a, if you're defensively strong, as we discussed kind of earlier, it's, it's a lot harder to be beaten. You can always nick a win. But to be defensively solid, and he was such a massive component of that team. So I, I would, I would say Stan. Okay, not, not you're not, you're not swayed by by the uh, the 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 Dwight York. I mean, Colin York. Well, the Caribbean Club, almost swung. I, I wouldn't say York was hey, the biggest... Hey, Harland hasn't won a, a, an international title, so, you know. United still had... But United still had Solskjaer and Sherry in there. You know, I don't think Dwight York was necessarily the main catalyst for it. You know, you know, United, you know, they'd always scored goals. Whenever season you look at it at that point, they'd always scored a lot of goals. But this but was this was my point for the debate. Is now do you see what I mean by missing puzzle piece? Because yeah. all of these players won the treble in their first season with the club. So I think you know the, the partnership of York and Cole was a massive factor for Neymar that season. Yeah. That was it's one of the best partnerships I've ever seen. But, Even though it's been blown out of the water by other ones since, but Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in general, it's like best I've seen definitely. That's the one. That's the one that we all think about, isn't it? No one ever says, "Oh, it's 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 Shearer and Sheringham for England, and it's Cole and York at club level." No one ever says, "Oh, yeah, it's Lampard and Drogba." <laughs> like no one ever said yeah. that, do they? <laughs> you know, you get you get the Kane and Son, bit, but yeah, nobody says Lampard, Drogba. It's always 
in that combination. But I, I, I just, I just think that he made them so much stronger defensively that it took a lot of pressure off of those those guys further forward to be able to be creative for Cole and York to allow them to play with more freedom. Um, and I don't think without Stan they'd be a champ- they'd, they'd have won the Champions League. Personally. Where I'm going to sit on that one. Bold claim. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. yeah. Okay. So Tom, really good you said... So you said it became a lot harder for you once I chucked in the wild card as well. So is that so? Is it's between Harland and Stam for you? I'm assuming then it's the York's yeah, yeah, out of the um, question. Yeah, Stam was more of a contender for me than York. I think it was a more a, a world class level for longer than Dwight York was. I'd 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 uh, I'd agree with that, but that. That partnership always just—I don't know. Like I said, it's it's probably nostalgia bias. I mean, because like I said, it's been blown out of the water since then on like three occasions. Like, but looking back on it, it's that's the first time that I was ever like, if you you know you got to sign those two together, that you can't ever split them up. You know, (laughs) so. That I, I, I have a fondness for York because of that reason. And he, he was one of those, I don't know why, but I, I have a penchant in myself personally for an unfashionable signing that just comes in and does something so tremendous at a big team. I don't know why. I just, I really like that. Like Anelka is like one of my favourite signings for that reason. Because, because it, it's, it's, it follows like the underdog story. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Like, you think York signing for United. I mean, he was just a decent player at Aston Villa. It was like, well, why is he after him so much? But then he got there and you're just like, wow, he's way better than I ever thought he was. And then Anelka is like, who is this kid? And then all of a sudden he comes and wins the league. And it's like, Jesus, you know. I, I have a... Jamie I have a spot. Pardon? Jamie Vardy. Kind of the same type yeah, of yeah. Like, where's this kid come from? And all of a sudden, he's like, he's the Premier League top goal scorer. Yeah, I, I have a penchant for for that. I don't know why. I love it. You know, uh, so I, I have a soft spot for that. But having said that, I would agree that probably out of those three, he is the weakest choice. But that's not the point of this this uh, conversation. The point is, is that he turned out possibly to be a missing puzzle piece. Because they didn't win, they didn't win anything the season before. Then they signed him. They signed Stam as well, obviously. So that's why I put him in there because it's like, which one was the missing puzzle piece? Who's to say? You know, that's why I put him in there as well because it's like, well, you can't really just choose York because Stam was a massive sign in that season as well, obviously. But I wanted to put the two strikers up against each other as well because you know. So yeah, Tom. Where are we landing? Did you make your pick? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Oh, I, I need to make a pick because I, I'm, oh, I'm a tiebreaker I, I just in case. You're picking Harland? Yeah. Okay. So it is me. <laughs> We're not in conversation about not picking because you're the tiebreak. Now you are picking, my friend. I'm going to go for Yorks. So. Uh, to make it a tie. Oh, uh, I know a tie on this show. 
The show of ties. Yeah. It's the show of ties, yeah. Uh No, I, I, I'm. I think I'm probably in agreement with. And we cut there. To be cut it and then edit it back in after Yeah. Yeah, so you're I need. Go off, I need to go off camera, flip yeah. a coin, and then edit his answer in at that point. I I need you to do you two to do quick reactions for me, please. So so feeling, <laughs> can I get your reaction shot, please? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to agree with feeling because I don't like picking players that are still playing. Um, it's the what same reason. Because it's an interesting thing because, you know, like City have been struggling to win the Champions League for so long and yet, and they signed this one player and well, then it's all just falling. It, that's what he, it's what he was bought in today, wasn't it? Above oh, yeah. anything else, it was what he was bought in today. I don't yeah. think Calvin Phillips was the missing puzzle piece from Man City. That guy did. By the rules, Calvin Phillips was, was, the, was the spot on the bench that he took for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. He made that his own, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was having this conversation um, with someone a few weeks ago. I was saying, if I was Calvin Phillips, because I'm young, and I'm probably going to do it again at some point, would I really want to celebrate the, the 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 win when I know I had no part in it whatsoever? Now, I know you can say the argument of, well, team camaraderie and kinship and bonding. That's the part he played. But really, he had nothing to do with the football inside of it at all. <clears throat> and part of me really likes Lukaku for that when he was at Chelsea. And he said, I didn't win anything. So why the hell would I celebrate? I quite respect him for that. But I also see why players might think that's a little bit of a dick move, you know. So right. yeah. drama I queen, Jesus. So I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Comes, comes to look like yeah, that. It's like we're your team and we won, mate. Come on, you should be supportive of. I get both sides of the argument, but I don't. Me personally, I probably would fall more towards the Lukaku side of things, where I'm like, maybe a bit of a muted celebration. Be happy for your teammates, but don't run <clears> around <throat> the pitch with your shirt in the air, running around with a trophy yeah. going with your mates, yeah, look like, what you, I don't like you earned it. Yeah, I think maybe it would depend on my age as well. Like, I mean, if I was like 21, 22, how old's Kevin Phillips? Yeah, about three, three, four. I think I'd be a little bit more reserved about it. But if I was like 34 and like this is the first time I've ever done it, I'd be going nuts because I'd be like, I'm never doing this again. Woo! I'll put John Terry now. Proper John Terry it up, mate. I'll be I'll be there with my full kit on, scarves, I was about to hat, say, yeah, full kit, scarf, clangers, and I'm going nuts. <laughs> I'm never getting this close again. <laughs> then announce you're retiring on the pitch when it happens, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Like I, I didn't play at all this season, but I'm never playing again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm going out of champion, baby! Woo! 
So I think, yeah, I think it would all depend on my age. But I think if I was Calvin Phillips's age, I'd be a little bit more reserved about it, I think. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, that's not my point. My point is, is that, yeah, he came in as the missing puzzle piece. And it just so happened that... Yeah, Calvin Phillips, yeah. It just so happened that I wanted to put him up against another striker who also came in the season that the team won the treble and compare the two against each other. And the wild card came in because it's like, well, A, he was also signed that season. So, and he played a big part in that team as well that won the treble. So you can't really ignore him as a possible puzzle piece. Plus, I wanted the wild card because. I didn't really think it was fair to put Haaland up now and then never give him another shot ever again because yeah. he's he's still playing and he he's might gonna, go he's on gonna, to... He's going to do outrageous things. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, he kind of deserves at least another shot. It's, it's not his fault I'm putting him in now. Whereas the argument with Diego Maradona was he did everything. He's not doing any anything yeah. more. So we are like, fairly yeah, judging like these... He might. You don't know that. <laughs> but um, it was fair to judge those two against each other yeah, because they I, have I, both... I your logic. Yeah. So that's why I, I said that I was putting the wild card in there for that reason. And partly to agree with Tom and partly agree with Phelan that I think Stam was integral to that United team. A hundred percent, you know, He's the only player that Ferguson has ever said, I've made a mistake. I shouldn't have done. That was my biggest yeah. regret I mean, in football. I, he didn't even say that you, about you, Nistelroy, you know? No, or Kane or Beckham or anybody else. And he was obsessed with Nistelroy, though, you know? Like, yeah, he was, yeah. He was he desperate to get him. He was injured. Yeah, oh, he, he, he even went to the point of like, I don't care he failed a medical. Let's sign him anyway. And the United board were like, no, that's not happening. And he was like, fine, I'll be back in a year. <laughs> yeah. If you so, watch his interview with Gary Neville, he literally, Ferguson, Ferguson literally rang him every week to check, check up on him. You fit, you Remember, don't sign for anyone else. We still want you. <laughs> yeah, it was literally get back, get playing, and then in the summer, <laughs> you are mine. And he did chase him for literally like two years. But then... Even him, he didn't regret getting rid of. He was like, no, it was the right decision at the right time. The fact that that's the only player he says, that was a mistake. Yeah. 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 Speaks volumes. And also to Tom's point, Stam was a bigger player for longer than York was. I mean, Stam went from there to Lazio for another defensive world record fee. Dwight York went to Blackburn. And he, yeah. yeah, and he you, you could, the argument could be yeah. that York hit his peak in the two years that he was at United, yeah. two or three yeah, years, was, and then after that, before that there wasn't a lot. After that, there wasn't a lot. The fact that he was playing defensive midfield by two thousand and six, he just hit the the right kind of window. Whereas Jack Stan was still top of his game, you know, two thousand and five Champions League final was right now. Yeah. So yeah, there is there is that argument in there in terms of like career longevity and stuff. So yeah, I think that that's a, I think that's a, 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 a comfortable. I'm comfortable making that decision. I think that's a, that's a good decision. Now, that does mean that both Harland and York are up for re-entry. There's probably only likely gonna be one that gets put forward for re-entry yeah. though. But you know, never say you never. never. 
But Dwight yep. York will get another shot, and uh, and and I'm sure he'll get into the the the, the Hall of Fame then. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, Yapstam. Well done, uh, the Dutch RoboCop. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was known as the robot or Man of Steel or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Nickname, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he had a nickname like that because, quite honestly, he was tough as iron, and yeah. I miss defenders like that. Yeah, okay. Just, just, just a defender. Why about anything else? Just, just go out and punch people. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Break legs. Let them know you're there. Get up their ass. Yeah. So one last question, just on that front, just because I saw this the other day. Vidic or Stan? Stan. Still think Stan was a better player. Ooh. Vidic um, was lucky and was, you know, he had Ferdinand next to him who did a lot of the um, the work that Vidic didn't want to do. Whereas Stan was just, anywhere there was a ball around the 18-yard box, Stan was there. What are you talking about? Stan had Henning Berg next to him. How dare you? Ronnie, Ronnie Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. How dare you slam? I think he just kind of proved the point I was making. <laughs> I'll pick Vintage then, just to be the contrarian. Okay. Well, anyway, congratulations, Yap. You are in the Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame trademark. The most prestigious Hall of Fame. You are in, and Diego Maradona will never be there. And just before we wrap up, we do obviously need to thank our supporters. We need to thank our Patreon supporter, Cole Worley, who is one of the hoi polloi. Thank you very much for your support. We greatly appreciate that. And we also need to thank Nina Kelm, who is a who has supported us on our PayPal. So thank you to you also and if you would like to support the show in any way you can obviously head over to patreon and become a patreon member for as little as one pound should you choose however if you pay us just a little bit more chuck in some chalky biscuits with our cup of tea you will be able to see this show and any other show well shut up it's not about you or listen on our special patron feed to early access editions of the of any show that you may listen to including this one uh, or if you just want to make a one-off payment you can head over to our patreon as well so but thank you once again Carl Worley and Nina Kelm thank you very much for joining me gentlemen it's a very interesting show uh, this time around I, I had a lot of fun so thank you for joining me Tom thank you for joining me you said that on our last Simpsons one as well. <laughs> did I? I'll make that my catchphrase if I remember it for the next show we do. <laughs> Just got to remember to be a twat and you'll remember. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, quite easy thing to remember. <laughs> and thank you for joining me, Phelan. No worries, mate. Pleasure as always. Uh, and thank you for listening. My name is... Until next time, take care. Get sacked in the morning.
schon wieder mit dieser Podcast-Folge. Vielen Dank fürs Zuhören. Weitere Podcasts von Rich Tea Entertainment findest du bei Apple Podcasts, Spotify oder Google Play. Wir freuen uns, wenn du auch bei der nächsten Folge wieder mit dabei bist.